0: Go. hey everyone welcome to another episode of learning with bell Vista studios uh this episode is just a chat between hannah and i where we're gonna really share some lessons learned um, we've had some things happen within the team with clients and that which allow us to look for improvements and i think a lot comes with you know lessons learned and failures and all this kind of stuff and where it's come from is that we're actually taking on a lot of new things that we've never done before um we have things that are broken within our own processes or we don't have any processes in place so we're learning that we're continuously making the same mistakes or we're very inefficient in areas so we need to we've identified some of those things but i think that will always continue to evolve but we've identified some of them. We know what we need to do to fix it. And now we're putting them in place and not always getting it right when we have, like we think we've got this awesome solution and process in place to save us. Um, But then the first time we go to apply, it doesn't always work. So then we have to improve again. And then I think, you know, like within the team ourselves, we're stepping up um, where people are taking on new tasks, new challenges. We're all developing ourselves further. And so, yeah, I think this, we've been like through catch ups and stuff, you know, working on what we're trying to improve and continuously putting things in place and helping each other out so that we can be better and improve. I'm going to say improve a lot probably, Uh, (laughs) but I think we've been doing that and we're just seeing the value of the, the strategies that we're putting in place to help us within our team and also to work better with our clients. And I do see those impacts actually go on to my wider life as well with relationships and friendships and interactions and things that happen throughout the day as well as a normal human being. So we thought it'd be really valuable to share that with you guys and kind of come from a place of like, this is something that happened and this is the strategy we use to improve it. And it can be applied because we're starting to see that it's the same strategies can be applied in so many different areas. Yeah, yeah. that's what we're here to chat to you today about, Hannah and I. So anything to share on that initially?
1: Uh, yeah, I just find it really interesting because when you talk about how we're continually learning new things, I think it's been a really big insight for me recently. So I know I've always said like we're always learning, but I felt like I've really been in it and felt the emotions of it. And I don't think I've had that for a little while. So. The work I've been doing like we were talking about yesterday I felt like I was nailing it and I knew what I was doing and I was like oh like I know everything I've got it all sorted and then recently getting new responsibilities I was like oh my gosh there's so much I don't know and just it's just really interesting being in that space um of learning because I hadn't been in that space for a little while even though I said I had it's this is another level of it so mm. it's been interesting <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's cool because I think we've just what we've really appreciated is that it allows us to empathize a lot with our end users and the learners that we're designing for. Because what happens as practitioners, and you hear this all the time, have been in the industry for 15 years or whatever not us, but nice. <laughs> we were in school then, <laughs> um, but you've been in the industry, you're doing the same thing the same way all the time, and you it becomes habit and we forget what it's like to learn. And it's been really nice for us to empathize with learners and the emotions and things that go on for them because it's going on for us, whether that's the emotional reaction. You feel like I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Um, I'm a failure. When is this ever going to be easy? I'm so stressed right now. All these things go on. And that likely goes on for our learners as well. So it's been really nice for us to empathise and then figure out how we can support them better as well, which I think is quite cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. It's easy to think when you're designing that it's all about just getting the information to them clearly and delivering a solution that's really effective, but it's so easy to forget about all the emotions that can come with it and how people can react to being in situations like that and how that can impact how they learn. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've really noticed that like in situations where I've let emotion come before facts and we speak about that a lot as a team. So whether it's you've completed a project and you get feedback that something's not quite right. I think in the past, I definitely focused a lot more on oh, like I'm not good enough. And Mm
0: -hmm. why did I
1: do that? focusing more on the emotion side of things when it doesn't it is like okay to feel emotions about things, but you really need to look at what you can do to improve, and what steps you can take, and what actions you can take. Yeah. So I think having that in my head actions over emotions has been really, really useful for me to be to think, okay, something's gone wrong. What do we need to do to improve it, or what do we need to mm. do to fix it, rather than wallowing in it and thinking, oh, this has gone wrong, and getting upset about it. So I yeah. think that's been a really useful thing that we've learned and spoken about yeah. recently.
0: Well, I think what might be valuable is to share that example and to break it down so the example that we're referring to here is that we received an email from a client on a round of feedback Uh, was it storyboard or was it development
1: Uh, it was the development
0: actually yeah so it we'd gone through storyboard we're first round of development and the client came back with many things in the email but one thing that was in the email was did you use a proofreader and mm. the email was sent to both of us from the client and i know that as soon as i read it i was like oh, like what <laughs> what the fuck have i done wrong like where have we <laughs> made mistakes like i was the last person to touch the project it was my responsibility to do the qa to implement anything and so my initial thing was like and then i was thinking okay if I'm reacting like this and I'm probably on this particular one, I'm a little bit more down the track in terms of dealing with this better than at the time you were. And this is how like, I was like, Oh shit. So I rang Hannah. I don't normally ring about things like this and I rang to see how you were going in response yes. to that. And, um, cause it is, it's a very natural human thing to have an emotional response, to have that gut feeling of like, Oh, I'm, I've failed, what have I done wrong? And you're, you go into this overload, crazy kind of state. But I think yeah. what we have now learnt is, and what we're trying to create as a really good habit, and when I say I'm a little bit further down the line of this, I learnt this mistake a few years back, so now yeah. i really being able to create it as a habit and it's something that you're working on at the moment and getting really good at now, is what is the facts that we can read in the email and not read into the meaning behind them because when you get something via text message or email you don't know how the person was what state they were in when they sent it to you so literally what we did was we brought up the email on screen share and we broke it down and i was literally highlighting each sentence and going what's the fact of this sentence what do we need to do out of as a result of this is this just an information thing or does this require action and we went through it and that particular reaction that we had to did you use a proofreader really if you stick to the facts of that it's like did we use one yes or no it doesn't mean that there's heaps of spelling mistakes that you've got your grammar all wrong, that we're not happy with the quality of the product, that you guys suck. It doesn't mean any of that. It's just, it doesn't even mean that the client has read or gone through the module itself yet. Like we don't know anything. They just asked the a question, and the answer to that question is yes or no. So the strategy that we now are really getting good at applying is breaking every single comment from a client down or from each other like our internal comms into what does that specific one sentence mean in terms of the facts is it something i need to take action on no okay move on if it is something i need to take action on what is the action that's required do i need to clarify it or do i know the action myself already and by looking at it that way and breaking it down, I think we're really able to minimize the emotional impact and reaction that we have to something and we get into solution mode very quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I remember calling you and saying, I know I should be looking at this factually, but I'm definitely feeling like the emotion side's coming out. And I knew in that phone call, we had to get into the fact side of things because its it can happen so easily without if you don't focus on it it can happen out of your control where you just get that emotional reaction and you start thinking, Oh my gosh, like we've made a big mistake and the client's not going to want us to do work for them ever again. It just turns into this big thing. Yeah. But every time that we've gone through and broken up, whatever it is, an email or feedback apart, we always, most times it's not as bad as what we thought. So I feel like it's really easy to think it's going to be something terrible. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's such a good thing to do. Yeah. For freelancers out there and people creating work for people because it's so easy to get that connection to what you create and feel if the client's not happy with it, feel personally I don't know, like you take it personally because you put so much Mm -hmm. work and effort into something. So it is really it is hard to look at things factually when Yeah. You try really hard and you're proud of what you've delivered. So yeah, it's very interesting. And yeah, I
0: think the key takeaway there is you need to stop yourself if you feel you're having an emotional reaction and go, okay, what are the facts that I'm dealing with right now? Because as it turned out in this particular example, example, the client went and got a proofreader um, to go through the module and we saw what the proofreader had done and there was no yeah. spelling mistakes throughout it. The only mistake that came up was, and this was a learning for us, it, like it was a mistake. What was the use of M-dash and N dash, we'd use them incorrectly and inconsistently throughout. And so obviously we went and learned like what do you how to use them, what are they used for, but there was no you know grammar mistakes, spelling mistakes, punctuation mistakes throughout. So we had done our job right, potentially, like, and we could read into it and we don't know why the client asked that question, but that might just be what they do all the time is when they have a policy, what they have a procedure they get their proofreader to do that as part of their processes. So we don't know. So not reading into it and just focusing on the facts really helps you move from that emotion state. Definitely. Um, I think another thing in that is like we quite often you get client feedback and it can seem ambiguous. And like mm. sometimes you're like thinking out loud as well. Like as you're giving feedback, I know when I'm giving peer feedback, I like, type something and then I'm like this doesn't help my team do something like what is your intent with this so what we were finding is we'd send questions to each other and go like what does this mean or can you go back to the client with this but I think we were trying to rush through things and we weren't actually breaking down what specifically was the intent of what they were saying so looking at each particular sentence or each component of a sentence and figuring out what is the intent of this? Um, Do I need to clarify anything because I'm unsure or I need to clarify something with my team or the client? And then what's the action I need to take out of this? Because at the time we were coming back to each other and wasting so much time going, I don't know what this means. And it's like, that's not helpful. It doesn't help us move forward. I suppose something that we're focusing on is don't come with the problem, come with the solution. Um, so I think that's been something useful because now we each come like to each other and say, we, it's basically asking a question, like, and that's yeah. the action. If you need to clarify something or you go and take action and implement what needs to happen.
1: Yeah. Do you have anything yeah, have, to add on that one? Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I remember before we started having these conversations and I think you started taking, our team to the next level and getting us to think differently. Mm. I know if I was working on something and there was something I couldn't figure out or a problem, I'd just go to you and say, "Kim, this like this doesn't make sense. What am I supposed to do?" But you, then you started saying, "You like you can't come with a problem. You really need to think about what's some possible solutions and then present those solutions." And I think just having that frame of mind is so powerful. So when you're trying to figure something out, rather than just feeling defeated and thinking I don't get it this is too hard I'm just going to pass it on to someone else Mm. it's about that responsibility and thinking if there was any solution in the world what would it be even if it's something out there no matter what it is and just putting that forward so other team members can build on it and you've got something to work with so I think that's been a big insight for me because I think I didn't realize that I was always just handing over problems but when you said it I was thinking wow like it's true I really need to think about Mm. how to solve and present that back to the team and then we can work go from there yeah so that's been a big lesson for me definitely
0: when you were in that state of coming with problems and at the time you didn't know you were coming with problems like that was almost your way of coming with the solution is like I need help with the answer how did you feel and then now when you come with a Potential or offer a solution. How does it feel now for you as the person doing that particular
1: task? Um, I think Beforehand I probably saw my task more as separate Things rather than looking at the big picture. So mm-hmm. I just thought okay, this is my task These are the problems. I'm gonna hand over the task and all the problems to Kim <laughs> So here's the, um, the task whereas now when I'm coming up with solutions I feel like I have more ownership over the project. That's cool. And I feel like it's a more, it's like it's a satisfying feeling because you feel when you complete a task, you can feel how you've contributed to the bigger picture. So you know that by solving those problems, you're helping the whole solution work and you're contributing to the client. And I think for me, because I've been interacting with clients as well, I can see how it's so important to keep the whole project moving. Whereas before it was very, I felt like I was doing siloed tasks and didn't see Mm. the imp- so it feels good it feels like i have more control over my work and i feel like i'm making more of an impact by understanding the bigger picture that's quite cool i mm. think
0: for anyone that is supervising and like because it becomes very hard to everyone has issues with delegation it's very time consuming to train people it becomes very stressful and they don't get it right the first time so you are continuously saying things over and over again Until it becomes a habit or that awareness is built. So I think like a question, if you are the person that's leading and supervising, to ask that person is when they come to you with a problem, you just empower them and you say, what do you think you should do? And that, as soon as I started asking you that, and like the rest of the team, like it changed how you thought about things. And I was getting less and less questions And when you came to me, I really knew that you needed help then. And so that I could give you the dedicated help that you needed on that particular thing. And I think not always like, it's about creating habits. And so I know there was a few times where like, as you're building the habit, the mistakes keep happening. And so the team (laughs) would still come to me with problems, which means that I'm having to deal with my workload and help them and support them cuz we're trying to achieve deadlines and i'd say to them come to me with the problem oh sorry come to don't come to me with the problem <laughs> come to me with the solution and you keep coming with the problem and it because it wasn't an awareness of yours just yet or maybe we can chat and explore this a bit further but one of the things that we did do was let's come up with something random that is going to spark like, I know what I need to do here. And so we were using Kahoot at the time um, for a quiz for a training session. And they have, like, this name generator thing. So we basically picked – we needed a buzzword that would stimulate you to think for yourself, essentially. And so the buzzword that came up in the name generator was, I want to kashoot myself. So any <laughs> time the team would come to me and say <laughs>
1: – This sounds terrible, yeah.
0: Um, anytime they would come to me with a problem and have not thought about the solution i'd just go back with i want to shoot myself and i wouldn't respond any because i would always i feel like i want to be helpful i want to help you get the result that you need but by giving you the answers all the time you don't ever have to think for yourself you don't ever have to problem solve so i just started writing back i want to shoot myself if you say something to me I want to shoot myself. So on the receiving end, what did that buzzword mean for you?
1: Well, I think it just brings awareness around things. Because I think often when you're working on tasks or you're busy, like I'll say to you sometimes, I feel like this week's just been a whirlwind. Like you're mm-hmm. on things and I think sometimes it's really easy to sort of go into autopilot mode and forget that you need to implement new habits and it's mm-hmm. not till it becomes Habit, that it happens naturally you have to put effort into oh yeah so yeah it was i would hear it and go oh okay <laughs> stop what do i have to do <laughs> and it's good because it's easy for you to send it rather than having a big explanation of you need it to was a copy stuff. and paste
0: i had it on my notepad <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i think as you were talking about that i think another thing that has come from you getting us to come up with solutions is something around trust Okay. So I think before because I was new and a few of the other team members are starting out in the industry. Mm-hmm. I always thought like Kim's the right person to solve this. I'm not at a stage where I can solve mm-hmm. this. But I, when we started moving into solutions, I was I came to a place where I'm like, I can do this. Like I've been in the industry for a long time now. And the way that you spoke to me about it made me think I need to have confidence in myself that I can come up with solutions. Because when we started doing it, I could come up with solutions and I think I just believe in myself enough that I could do it. So I think that's a big part of it for people as well if they are going and it's a habit, I think, but also if they're going and asking supervisors or leaders lots of questions, it could be a thing where the leader just needs to say, look, I trust you to make the decision. You can do it. You've been in this role for a while and just communicating that. So I think that's helpful too.
0: That's a really good point. I think yeah, as you supervise people, you do need to give them permission and let them know that this transition and this next stage in their development is happening. And so it's a conversation around performance and saying, look, you're doing a really, really good job at this now. I think you're ready to take your skills to the next level. Um, And what that looks like is, I want you to start coming to me with solutions as opposed to asking me for them. Um, and really being clear on what those expectations are these are the things I don't want to see anymore these are the things that I do at the next level and where I want you to be at so they know what those standards are Um, and having that conversation allows you to know that you're not just being that I don't care because I think sometimes when you push back and you say, well, what do you think, especially like through Skype messaging or whatever it is, you could go back to what we were talking about earlier, the emotion, go, well, Kim doesn't want to help me right now. Like, that's not very nice of her or whatever. <laughs> and I think that I want to shoot myself was a funny thing because that allowed us to debunk any kind of emotion that might come on and that we could go, I know this is a learning thing right now. It's not that I'm bad. It's not that I'm making mistakes or whatever, but I need to step up. So yeah, as a supervisor do really clarify that, that next stage in someone's development and let them know the journey that they're on because otherwise, if you don't communicate that, they can feel abandoned and go, I'm not getting the support that I need. Even though yeah. you probably have the best intentions to help them take their skills to the next level. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think something that I know like both of us use and I'd love to like hear you chat about it is moving from okay you're being told something you need to do it now and creating the habit because that's where mistakes continue to have to happen and then it becomes an actual habit so what are some of the things that you do to help in those initial stages of making something a habit
1: yeah so I found it quite difficult because I felt like there was so much involved that we needed to implement to be successful and provide the best quality so it was lots of little things like grammar and multiple so it'd be like 10 different things about grammar that we had to make sure we did for every project it was the way we wrote emails everything like there was so much to consider and I think I know I went for a stage where it was it became overwhelming Mm -hmm. and you oh have you done this and I was like oh I was focusing on everything else and now I've missed that yeah so I think what's really important for me, I was writing it all down on sheets of paper and it just became so overwhelming having all these different sheets of paper. Yeah. So I think the thing is doing, having like a, I think digital is good. Like having it on a notes What's mm. is really good. One note is what yeah I use. Yeah. So just like recording it on there and what I do now, everything that we've spoken about that I want to create a habit after every single task, I'll go through that list on OneNote and just tick everything off. And yeah. I found that it's working really well because I have something that I can check. I'm not relying on my brain to retain all that information because you yeah. can't expect your brain to remember everything when you're in a learning environment and there's new things that you're new habits you're trying to create. So checking through that, and I felt the more that I'm doing that, the more things are coming naturally. So I might. Implement say half of that list without looking at the list, and then when I get to the list, I can say, Oh, I've already done those things, but these things are what I need to do. So I think it's just having something there while you're learning, not putting pressure on yourself, and just having something there that you can check or use to support you through that process. Mm -hmm. I found that so valuable. I would, I think, if I hadn't had those lists, I'd still be struggling now to implement things. And so, yeah, that would probably be my main bit of advice
0: yeah i think that's really good i do that as well still um and i think it's a great resource for new people that join and like all the team that come up afterwards that start to learn these new skills that you're currently learning it's a checklist for them um which is a really great resource to have yeah definitely uh something i was going to chat about is um Communicating the why of things as well. So there was a few things that, and I suppose this, this is about appreciating who you're working with and personalities and working styles and stuff. So for me, there was a few things that I was continuously telling you guys, we need to do this, I need you to do this. And I'm, every time I'm getting a project back, I'm seeing those things not done. And that was very frustrating for me and I know that it's not that you guys don't care because I know that you guys always want to put your best effort in and you try and you do your best all the time. So I know that it's nothing to do with work effort ethic. It's nothing to do with you guys not caring. But something in the way that I was communicating was not working. And it was really interesting because we had this discovery yesterday when we were chatting i when hannah tells me kim you need to do this in future i'm trusting that she knows for some reason that that's going to help life be better for some reason so i just do it and i don't question it but your communication style and how you want to receive information is you want the why so i don't really care about the why unless it really unless it goes against my personal values and things like that then i'm like well, hold on, I need to hear more about that to understand the other perspective so that I can be persuaded or I can be influenced or I can at least consider it. But when it's something like you saying, do this, um, I just go, she knows that's going to make life easier somehow for me, for her, for the client, whoever it is. So I put it into place. When I communicated some of the things to you guys, I my expectation was that, I assumed you would receive the information the same way that I receive it and action it the same way, which didn't happen. That's why I was continuously having to say, come on team, we need, I need you to do this. So I think it's, it is really important to understand how people receive information and what's important to them and what we discovered because through, through an episode happening of basically I had a task, For two hours, it was a QA finalized, package it up to the client. And it ended up taking me five to six hours. It was very stressful. We were all like trying to make it happen, basically. (laughs) And it wasn't until that happened that you got it, which is what we were talking about yesterday. So I wonder if you could speak to your side of that.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's definitely something around the emotion and experiencing why something is so important. So Mm -hmm. when, as you said, like it was never my intention to not action things that you would say, but I think maybe outside of my consciousness, it was, there was so much you were telling me. It was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. But in the moment of the task, I was like, what do I actually need to do to get this handed over? And I probably didn't realize the importance of all those things that you were telling me.
0: And I just have to say that like your growth at the moment, your development is on a very steep curve. Like we're not just kind of going incremental, like we're taking it, it's on a kind of supersonic speed. Like there's so many different components of what we do that you're learning. So it's not just like one thing. So you do have a lot to think about, but you're also very capable. That's why we're doing it that way with you. Anyway, just wanted to say that part of it.
1: Yeah so I think for that task it was like feeling the emotion behind it because I am quite an emotional person like I love psychology and understanding human brain and emotions and all of that yeah so for me I think for something to have a really big impact for me I often have to experience it mm-hmm. and see what the consequences are or see how it adds value to the client to do something a certain way so when we were scrambling to get that project done. That's where the emotion came out. And I thought, Oh my gosh, like all of these things that we haven't done, look what it's led to. And this is now we might not make the client deadline. And Mm I think that that's when I went, okay, like I need to sit down and sort all of this out. And that's when I started creating my lists. That's when in our catch ups, I'd start talking about and asking, I've been implementing these things. Have you noticed the difference and making sure that all of those things were happening um, and, yeah, every time I do a task now, it's sort of like I relive those emotions and think I don't want that to happen again. What do I need to do to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah. And I think it really helps me to create a, a habit. Um, but, yeah, for me, I feel like understanding the why and hearing the why really does help. Yeah. I think everyone's just so different. I can't, I don't even understand why, but I think everyone just, the way they, res- they receive information and yeah. And str- so different for everyone and I think you'll probably find I often ask you the why when you're like oh, just yeah. like do that but I'm like no I need to understand why because it helps me
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: other people in our team might not have to understand the why so
0: yeah
1: interesting I guess for you being a supervisor and leader thinking about how to deliver information to different team members um do you find that now in the team that you hand information over differently depending on who the team member is.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think some people they just need to know the outcome we're trying to achieve and they'll go away and do it. Other people will want that the outcomes fine. They want to check in early to make sure they're on the right track. Um yeah. some people need more context. So it's a phone call to deliver the task. So the task might be set up and these are the things you need to do, but I'll ring them and say, this is the context behind it and give the opportunity to ask questions. Other people, I do the same thing with the task and I say, come to me with questions um, because that's their style. And I think it's an appreciation of the different personalities and it's just reminding me, I'm not very familiar with it, but like there is disc profiles and things out there that you can do to learn about your own Style um, and I'm quite directive. I just need dot points to move on. Whereas you're more the human people side of it. I have an element of that, but when I'm trying to get shit done, that's not me. I'm like, I'm in the <laughs> directive kind of uh, whatever the D is. So I know that that disk profile, you can do free ones online and at least get a sample report to find out about yourself. And it might be worth looking for things like that communication kind of profiles and that, that you and your team can do to understand and empathize with how each of you work so that you can become more efficient. Because in the past, if you'd like, I'd deliver the same message to all of you and I'd get it back completely different. And then I'm having to scramble to make up time or to adjust things. But now it's like with project planning, if you do and spend the time doing things upfront right, you go off because like you guys are amazing, like incredible. So that if I give you the right direction, you come back with it 90% where it needs to be. And that's just like unbelievable. And yeah. yeah, So I think appreciate and get to know the personality styles, the working styles of who you're working with because it's so beneficial. It saves so much time, reduces stress, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of a task we had where it really highlights to me the importance of having phone calls to check in on tasks. Okay. Yeah. Leading a task. And I read the invite and thought, well, the task invite and thought, yeah, I'd totally get it. Makes sense. I think we had a conversation on Skype. Yeah. But we were like answering questions, but it was all disjointed because there was so many questions. Yeah. And then I ended up over a task and you're like, oh, it's not what it was supposed to be. And Mm -hmm. we had a conversation of what it was. Yeah. And that that was another learning for me that it's so important especially for our team working remotely so from different cities to really spend the time communicating with each other and making sure everyone understands what's expected Yeah, and I think that's been a big thing for our team recently the communication part people knowing what their role is yeah people knowing exactly what they need to do to get it to a stage for the next person to continue the project um so yeah yeah I think, um, oh, what was I going to say?
0: Brain fart. (laughs) It's something to do with, oh, don't make assumptions. We can't afford to make assumptions in the work that we do if we want to produce quality work. And so, therefore, we now have a commitment with the team. If you're doubting anything, check in and question it, especially if it's a QA role you got to question everything but if you're not yeah, sure yeah. on what you're doing in any aspect of what we do yeah we now do not accept assumptions basically
1: clarify everything yeah that's a good one on that as well i think something we've learned is to record all of the decisions that you make so other people can see exactly why you've done something yes because i think one of us would do something and in the moment and think oh this makes sense i'll do this and then another team member gets it and a month down the track, they are asking who did this and why. And you're looking back at something you did a month ago thinking, oh, what, like, why did I do that? Yeah. So that's been a really big learning for our team as well. So I think the tip for everyone out there would be if you're working in a team environment and even for yourself, because if you make a decision later on, you may need to check on it to really record very clearly exactly why you did something. Yeah. So tell the client, tell a team member, so we do that now in all of our feedback documents, if we do something, implement something to a development file or change a storyboard, we have a comment that mm. says exactly what did and why, and it's signatured by the team member who did it. Yeah. So I think that's another that's important a, thing. Yeah, good thing.
0: And it is, yeah. it's about being very specific, documenting exactly why you made that decision, linking yeah. off to other things because you work on so many projects and time goes on, and even like a couple of like you guys ask me about things that <laughs> happened two days ago. I'm like, hold on, I gotta check my notes on this one. Um, so imagine yeah, coming back a month later and being like, what the hell? Yeah.
1: to get very specific. Um, yeah, a question I wanted to ask you, Kim. Yeah, and that would be useful for everyone else. So for me, I've only got two clients now, I think, or well, probably one now. Um, but Even that for my brain, trying to manage everything that's happening, if there's multiple, so there might be a storyboard, a module, an animation, there could be multiple things happening with that client. For me, like managing that in my head, even with spreadsheets, I can find that quite overwhelming. And I just wonder for you, you would have multiple clients at once. What tips would you have for people to manage all those projects and keep on track and not miss deadlines? And what's, like, I just find it amazing that you can do that. I can't
0: wait to get to that stage. Um, I, yeah, it's hard. Okay. So it's to me, like, and to me it's just good project management. So yeah. there'd be times where we have 16 different projects happening at once and we're not a big team either. Like there's four of us, you know? So I think it really does come down to good project management planning in advance we take a lot of time to schedule things out we have our calendars where it's the project calendar and everyone's task is allocated and that task is very specific it says this is the task this is what you need to do this is um, the resources you need this is when the duration of the tasks that you have allocated which is aligned to like the quote and stuff and this is when it's due and i think um you know, like it's due and this is where it needs to go next. And if it impacts someone else's task, I know that quote and project management template that we have on the creator hub, that's what we use. And that makes my, like the reason we have that is because I'm not able to hold information in my head. I get very overwhelmed. That's what creates stress for me. I'm not good at admin tasks. Um, it, it does become really overwhelming and what that does is allows me to see at a glance, all the things that are happening, what's been achieved, who, when is it due, what is, um, who's doing it, what are some comments or whatever it is. And I think a really big thing that helps me is, so that project management plan is exactly the duration something's going to take, when it's handed to the next person for QA or whatever it is, and then that goes into, we use Google Calendar, our G Suite or whatever it's called. So I, like, my calendar looks like a mess. I know you guys see it and you're like, how the hell do you, look at it <laughs> but it's all of our projects and every task that's happening and so a big thing is distractions and i need to stick to the task at hand in the moment and so one a distraction that will come in is emails now i don't have notifications that come up on my computer because otherwise i'd get nothing done so i check yeah. my emails in the morning after i've done like after i've used my brain capacity on important tasks and then I might check them at lunchtime and then potentially at the end of the day is when I'll send a lot of my emails but throughout the day I don't check things or if things come in I happen to see a client asking for something if I'm not scheduled to work on their project that day I don't check it because it does become overwhelming because one email can lead to a million different things that I need to action. But I've got a priority as according to the project plan that I'm working on now that I need to focus on. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to do that. So I'm very good at compartmentalizing that this is the task at hand right now. And until I'm finished this task, I'm not going to look at the next thing in my calendar. And so what I do is I schedule my day from start to finish at the end of the day I take a glance at the next day and I am prepared for what's coming up the next day so if I have a hard deadline I know that something's due at 9am I know when I wake up after my morning routine that I need to go action this thing um but if I and then yeah I only focus on the task that I'm doing and in my day like I'll spend a little bit of the morning going okay is everything matched up does anything not need to happen today move it to Another gap later on, but I'm just, yeah. this, I think it's just good project management and it's not getting distracted by everything that comes up.
1: Yeah, good tips. Thanks, like mate. Project management is very important <laughs> and preparing early, I think, like using spreadsheets like that to list everything out so you don't have to have it in your mind, you can just refer to that spreadsheet. I think that's so useful.
0: Yeah, so project management is like one of your new kind of things that you're taking on. Like this is the first time that you're managing a client and the client relationship. So what what have you learned and what tips do you have for people around that?
1: Um, I think it would just be to prioritise time to check in with your projects because I think for me I was so focused on the tasks that I had in the day that I would sometimes forget about the project management side of things. Yeah. Now I've got that time in the afternoon, so it's like an hour every afternoon where I just use that time to look through and make sure I'm set for the next day or the next couple of days. And Mm -hmm. it might only take 15 minutes, but it's just making sure that you block that time out and you prioritise it. You don't let other tasks get in the way. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that would be it. Just having it front of mind and booking out time to check in with it and making sure you're on track. Yeah. Because the last thing is to, that morning, you realize you're not prepared for the day and something's due. You want to get things done in advance and be prepared.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we kind of wrap this up now, is there anything else that you'd want to add or you have questions about in terms of how you, anything we've learned or how we've dealt with lessons learned or improvements or
1: I think it'd be a question for you as a leader. So, you're putting a lot of trust into me from my perspective, allowing me to manage clients. And I'm just wondering how, what that process is like for you, for leaders out there, especially if you own your own company, like for you, mm-hmm. Bell Vista Studios are so important to you. Getting, a, like enabling team members to interact with clients and do things that they wouldn't usually do. Like, how do you balance that? I want them to learn, but I also want Bell Vista Studios to be providing quality work.
0: Mm. I think it
1: is,
0: well, first of all, if you think of our team, I'm very fortunate that you guys want to take on new challenges and grow and you ask for opportunities like that. So I think that willingness is incredible. And at the end of the day, if you can develop the skills and I can do, and the thing the awesome thing for our team is that we complement each other's skills. You're so strong at the things that I either hate or I'm really bad at. And they're the things that you really want to learn how to do. So for me, I'm like, holy shit, that's going to make my life way easier. I can focus on the things that I'm good at. I can do more of that. So from that perspective, it's very motivating. I think it can be scary as a supervisor or someone leading a team or because you fear we're going to have to make mistakes to get to that place of, them getting to where the quality and standard that you do something that you might be the expert or you have the habits or whatever um so you need to accept that those mistakes are going to happen um but you can get through it and by having the right processes giving them the right support you can get there faster i think it's really important and you'll probably be able to speak more to this but you probably feel invested in and appreciated um, mm. from that perspective. So from, from a job satisfaction perspective, you're more engaged as an employee because you feel valued. And as you take on more and more tasks, you're learning, you feel like you're contributing better to the purpose. Um, you get more feedback around the things that you're doing as well. So from a, an employee engagement perspective, I think you ca- it is just awesome. Like I know from conversations and that we've had that you really value that. And as a leader, you have to, I think you have to do the best for your people for the rest of things to fall into place and be successful. So my priority is always for you guys to be feeling valued, working on things that you enjoy. Um, being challenged. I, I know in the past now, in the last like month or so, you've been really challenged. Whereas in the past, it's been like just a little bit of a step up, but I think the reward for you is a lot higher this time because you're seeing I'm fucking capable and how good you are and what you are capable of doing. And that the skills that you've developed, that you can do it. And I think the next time that you go to develop something else it builds more confidence in yourself to be able to do that. Um, so yeah. I think you just need to know what the team member is looking for Um what makes them tick, what, ask them, you got to ask, what do you want to do more of? What do you like? And I don't know, it, I don't know if this is useful if I'm going, going off, but it goes back to hiring the right people in the first place um, because I think it'd be very difficult if I was asking any of you guys and you're just like, I'm not interested. I'm just here to get paid. And I think like our culture goes beyond that. Um, And it is, there's more to why we do what we do on a personal level. And so I think that our alignment to the ultimate purpose and creating our ultimate lives and all that is really important and getting people that are bought into that journey and that take on all opportunities and lessons learned and know that they're aligned to that in some way makes it easier. But I think you just yes. got to let go. Like I've, as I am handing things over to you and I'm starting to learn that I don't know everything best and that you have really good ideas and that I don't do everything the right way and that I can improve and that I can uh, we can do better for our clients because I'm getting a new perspective now. Um, we can produce better solutions and that we all have something really good to give. And if one person is not the all mighty one. It's better if we work together. It's better if we lift each other up. Yeah. Cause the results for everything are fucking amplified.
1: I agree I love it (laughs) any other (laughs) questions (laughs) um no that's it that was very good I feel like you gave a lot of value in that one answer so it was very good cool um any other final tips for people that might be learning stuff or I don't know what support they should get or anything like that that you want to share I think Uh, the main thing so I know when I was learning and I got really stressed and overwhelmed. I went through stages where I was like, oh, what if I can't do it? Like I wanted all these extra opportunities and I wanted to be challenged. And then when I was in the middle of it, I was like, what if I can't do it? Why have I taken this on? And we had to have conversations. Well, you <laughs> were willing to have conversations with me where you said like you can do it. You need to believe in yourself. And this is part of the learning process. So I think just to really believe in yourself, understand that there is a learning process. It's not going to be easy okay. the whole time. If you're outside of your comfort zone, it's a good thing. Like, you need to be outside of your comfort zone to push yourself and become a better version of yourself. So, just embrace being in that space. Um, I think ask for support. Like, if you feel like you're overwhelmed, don't just think, oh, I've just, I should be able to do this, so I'll just send this email. I yeah. think it's been really working with you to make sure that everything that I'm working on and the new challenges I have. I'm doing it well. So we're keeping a good name for Belvester Studios and delivering good products. Um, Have your lists. So have your spreadsheets, list everything out. Your brain can't hold all of that information. Um, And I think having a mentor or a coach, I'm very lucky to have that in you Mm -hmm. as my supervisor. You're very open to talking about how I feel about certain things and what I want to improve in. So I think if you do have a leader that's willing to do that, take up that opportunity and talk about, what you're going through and how you could improve and ask for feedback because it's just so valuable and not everyone has that. So if you've got that opportunity, 100% do it. So that would be my top tip, I think.
0: Nice. And I think you have to remember all humans want to help because we get some intrinsic random thing from helping. So even if you think that your boss doesn't want to help you or hasn't helped you in the past, I think you need to still ask. Ask for the feedback. Ask for their perspective, go to them with solutions and ask for their opinion, because then you can play to their ego if they're that kind of person a bit. Um, But keep doing it, because even if they say no, or you don't think you're getting um, what you need in the first instance, you're creating that as a new habit for them. And over time, they will come to you and give feedback and support and help you improve and all that kind of stuff. So be persistent and get what you need, even if it hasn't happened in the past. Or you think that that person's never gonna help you because human beings are built to want to help others. You just gotta, it probably comes back to that personality style. Figure out what it is that is gonna make them want to help you and work it that way. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, then I suppose we'll wrap it up. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope this has added value um, and given you some tips to help you kind of put in place and know that accept that learning is learning you know and you're going to have that oh shit moment I'm crap I'm inadequate and then you're going to kind of get on top of it a little bit and you're going to be like oh like I can do this and then you're going to fuck up again and then you're going be like oh my god I'm back to where I started but you're probably a little bit higher than you were when you first started and eventually you'll get to where you want to be and then you're going to go through it all again when you learn something <laughs> new. and that is <laughs> yeah So thank you on behalf of Best of the Studios and Hannah and myself for listening. We really freaking appreciate everyone in the community and all the wonderful messages of support and the like communication that the content that we put out on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, whatever it is through the creator hub, all the messages that you're saying thank you to us, thank you to you because that fuels us prioritizing this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, thanks for being part of the community.